welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode. Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. I was originally going to publish this as a bonus episode, but then I got back to Germany and I've had to spend so much time practicing for this language test that I have to pass in order to gain dual German citizenship. I'll spare you the details, but just know that this Tuesday I'm taking that test. I think I'll be fine, but I've had my moments of doubt surrounding certain German constructions like the dative case and all of those different adjectival endings, and oh my god. Anyway, wish me luck for Tuesday. Meanwhile, today I'm offering a program of song cycles, all to German texts, and all on the theme of Christmas. You know, here in Germany, boy, Christmas is a big deal. I know it's a commercial enterprise as well, but it's also the spirit of the season that is of such importance here. And that has been the case for many generations. And in fact, one hears the theme of revisiting Christmas through the eyes of a child in many of the songs that we're going to hear today in these three different cycles by Peter Cornelius, Josef Haas, and Richard Trunk. Maybe not familiar names to all of you, but they all wrote wonderful song cycles dealing with the theme of Christmas. There's a fourth cycle by another German composer, Marc Lothar, that I simply didn't have time to include today, but I will put a brief excerpt from that at the end of the episode. And I will probably present the entire cycle for you a year from now, goddess willing. I was questioning how I was going to put this episode together. You know, sometimes when I'm playing leader, I do a translation of each song before I play it. But I think it would be nicer to give you all a feel for the entire cycle. So what I'll do is I'll just do a little bit of an introduction of the composer, of the cycle, of the performers, and of the text, and then... I will simply let it roll so you can hear the entire cycle. Today's first work is one that we sampled on last week's Golden Age Christmas episode, the Weihnachtslieder song cycle by Peter Cornelius, who lived from 1824 to 1874. He was born on Christmas Eve, and he died as a result of diabetes at the age of only 49. And this, of course, was before insulin had been discovered. 
so sadly his life span was severely diminished. But nevertheless, he left some wonderful works. He's not so well known outside of Germany, but he wrote a wonderful comic opera called Der Barbier von Bagdad. For a certain period of his life, he was a devoted Wagnerite, and that is certainly reflected in his grand opera Le Cid. Actually, I think it's called Der Cid. He composed a number of songs, some lovely duets, a cycle called Brautlieder, Songs of the Bride, two other cycles, one called Vater Unser, with meditative texts based on the different petitions of the Lord's Prayer, and also a cycle entitled Trauer und Trost, which includes another of his most famous songs, Ein Ton, and these certainly his most famous composition, the Weihnachtslieder, the first version of which was composed in 1856, and then in the year 1870, four years before his death, he revised the cycle, recomposing a couple of the songs completely. I believe Die Hirten was completely recomposed, and I think Die Könige as well, the most famous of the songs. Okay, that's enough about Peter Cornelius. Let me tell you a bit about the singer and the pianist that we're going to hear. As I played the third song, Die Könige, last week with that venerable team, Irmgard Seyfried and Eric Verba, I'm going to play their complete 1955 recording of the cycle. I've spoken many times about the magic of Seyfried. She was a vocalist with a beautiful yet modest voice and a flawed technique, but in her prime and on her best days, she was one of the best Mozart singers ever, unless she took on a role like Fior di Ligi, which was simply beyond her, and yet which she sang quite a few times, considering. She has a spontaneity in the way that she delivers text, though, that blows my mind, and which renders her an ideal interpreter for these simple yet beautifully constructed songs. I've been promising a Seyfried episode, and I will do one at some point, just not before Season 5 debuts at the end of January. I'd also like to say a word about the pianist Eric Verba, who lived from 1918 to 1992. He was born and died in Austria, and I think it would be safe to call him the most important accompanist in the German-speaking world in the 1950s through even the 70s. He worked with so many great singers, including not only Seyfried, but Christa Ludwig, Walter Berry. In fact, he introduced the two of them, Brigitte Fassbinder, Peter Schreier, whom we're going to hear a little bit later. I mean, he worked with them all, and he was also an incredibly influential teacher, teaching at both the Wiener Musikakademie and the conservatory in Graz. So let me tell you a little bit about the songs in this cycle. There are six of them, and they are so dear to my heart. I've performed them many times. I first became acquainted with these songs through a recording that the great Hermann Prey made of them, and his is still one of the best versions. There are also versions by Elie Ameling, Schreier himself, Olaf Beer, some of the best leader singers 
of the 20th century. These songs have a modest but genuine charm and are also very interestingly constructed. There are six of them in the cycle. Songs two, three, and four are a retelling of the Christmas story. The first song, Christbaum, Christmas Tree, describes the goings-on in a traditional German Biedermeier-era home on Christmas Eve. The second song describes the shepherds, die Hirten. The third, of course, is die Könige, the three kings, and it utilizes that chorale that I talked about in the last episode, Wie schön leuchtet der Morgenstern. The fourth song is called Simeon, and it describes the elderly Simeon who meets the baby Jesus when he goes for his naming at the temple, and one assumes also his uh, bris, I believe we call it. The fifth song is Christus der Kinderfreund, Christ the Friend of Children, a meditation on that theme I was talking about earlier of seeing Christmas through a child's wondering eyes. And the final song, Christkind, Baby Jesus, describes how the child who once came to earth now returns every year and brings not only joy but also salvation to both rich and poor. Now here, uninterrupted, are the Weihnachtslieder of Peter Cornelius set to his own texts and performed in this classic 1955 recording by Irmgard Seefried and Eric Werber.
Oh, 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 oh,
The next work we shall hear is the Zechs Krippenlieder, Six Songs of the Cradle, by Josef Haas, who lived from 1879 to 1960. He studied with Max Reger and, with Paul Hindemith, founded the Donau-Eschingen Festival in 1921. He taught composition as well in Stuttgart and Munich, and was particularly important as the president of the Musikhochschule in Munich in seeing to its reconstruction after the war. These songs were composed in the year 1919, while Haas was teaching composition at the Musikhochschule in Stuttgart. The texts, as chosen by Haas, reflect his Catholic faith. There are more references to Mary than there were in the Cornelius Weihnachtslieder, for example. Both in this cycle and in the other works that we're going to hear today, there is repeated reflection upon Mary's inner thoughts, specifically of her child's impending fate. Musically, these songs reflect the influence of Haas's teacher Max Reger in their simplicity and their folk-like elements. In fact, all but one of the songs has a refrain in it, whether that be Schumschei, Schumschei, which is the German version of Lala Lullaby, Aya Christe Jesu, or simply Su Su Su, or the more festive Hosiana Alleluia. As I mentioned, there are six songs in the cycle, and for the first five, we're going to hear them performed by the beloved East German tenor Peter Schreier, accompanied by pianist Norman Shetler, an American who, at the age of 92, still performs occasionally and has lived in Europe for many decades now. He's quite an amazing figure. Speaking of amazing figures, I really must say a few things about Peter Schreier, who died four years ago on Christmas Day 2019. Though he was not gifted with the most beautiful voice, his musical sensibilities as both singer and conductor later in his life were exemplary, and he is one of the most perceptive and musical of leader singers. He also delivers the text in the most plain-spoken, forthright manner, while also inflecting it very subtly in ways that enliven the meaning of the words. He also has the most beautiful pronunciation I've ever heard of the consonant Listen to the way he says the word shum shai in the second song, for example. Let me tell you briefly about each song. The first is called Weihnachtslegende, Christmas Legend, and it describes three angels coming down from earth and going to see the baby in the stall in Bethlehem and giving him three gifts, a beaming lantern, a Christmas star, and a pious song in his praise. As a reward, the three angels receive a beaming smile from the Holy Child. This song is my personal favorite in the set, as it has such a beautiful piano part and the shape of the vocal line I find to be so simple, yet going right to the heart. The second song is called O Puer Optime, and in it the poet describes his desire to kiss 
the honey-sweet lip of the baby Jesus, to wipe away the tears from his cheeks, and to caress him in slumber. The third song is called Die Beweglichste Musica. In a translation that I found, it's called The Most Nimble Music, but actually Bewegen also refers to being moved, and I think in this case it means the music that most deeply moves a person. Or in this case, the poet's desire is that by combining his size with those of the baby Jesus, that they may produce together music that will be most pleasing to the ear of God. The next song is called simply Weihnachtslied, and it meditates upon the sacrifice of Jesus in coming down to earth as a cold, neglected child. The fifth song is called Marienkind, Mary's Child, and in it, Mary is described as both joyous and sorrowful at the same time, while once again God the Father looks down upon the world, past everything else, seeing only his son in the cradle. Now, Schreier and Schettler only do the first five songs, and they also only do two verses of each of these songs, which are in simple strophic form with refrain. But because of the simplicity of the songs, I think it's not necessary for us to hear each verse more than twice. For some reason, though, they omit the final song, Die Heiligen Drei Könige, once again referring to the three kings from the Orient. And so, for that song, we shall hear a 1996 recording by the baritone Olaf Beer, accompanied by Helmut Deutsch. Once again, the poem is a very simple description of the arrival of the kings, the bestowing of their gifts, and the shepherd boys singing to the baby Jesus like little angels in paradise. Now here are the sechs Krippenlieder of Josef Haas, performed primarily by Peter Schreier and Norman Schettler, but also in the final song we hear Olaf Beer and Helmut Deutsch. Stell war bestimmt. 
Kind auf Ehren überm Stall, 
Stern. Und ob ihr voller Sterne wär, Gott Vater deucht sein Himmel leer. Gott Vater schaut zur Erde her, über Hirt und Hirten geht der Glanz des Now, because three of the composers that we are discussing today were active during the Third Reich, one must at least acknowledge that, in particular in the case of the next two composers, that they indeed had a very troubling association with the Nazi party. In the case of the next composer, Richard Trunk, he became a member of the party in the year 1931, and both he and Marc Lothar composed official music for party events and received top commendations and honors from the Third Reich. So this is a serious charge against these people, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to play their music. Would that we all were noble human beings. But as we have seen over and over on this podcast, one can be rather a schmuck of a human being, or even worse, frankly, and still compose beautiful music and sing and play exquisitely. So that's all I'm going to say about this. Don't think I'm sweeping it under the rug. I am not. I'm very conscious of this. But, on the other hand, these are beautiful songs, and in spite of these issues, I still want to share them with you.
This next cycle is also a group of Weihnachtslieder set by the composer Richard Trunk, who lived from 1879 to 1968. Trunk was a musical polymath, not only a composer, but also a teacher, conductor, pianist, and writer on music. He spent a period of time in the United States where he led a choral society, but he returned to Germany with the outbreak of World War I. His musical activities in the 20s through the end of the war were centered in Cologne. Following his denazification, he lived in quiet retirement on the Ammersee. Interestingly, one of his post-war compositions is a setting of German translations of poems by contemporary American poets, including Langston Hughes. His cycle of Weihnachtslieder were published in 1930 and are some of the most beautiful Christmas lieder that I've ever heard. The titles of the songs are Advent, Weihnachten, Maria, in der Krippe, Die Heiligen Drei Könige, Idyll, and Christbaum. The performers in this cycle are baritone Wolfgang Anheiser and pianist Julius Severin. About Severin, I could find uh, no information whatsoever, except for the fact that he and Anheiser made a number of leader recordings together. Anheiser was born in 1929 in Cologne, in Köln, where he also died in January 1974, tragically, at the age of only 44. His death was the result of a stage accident in a New Year's performance of the operetta Der Bettelstudent, in which a supporting belt gave way as he leapt from the balcony onto the stage. And the impact on his body was so great that several days later he died in the hospital. But he was a very popular figure, especially singing all of the big lyric baritone repertoire in Köln, and also making a number of really interesting leader recordings, of which this one from the year 1969 is but one. It's quite clear, I think, in listening that Anheuser has a very different way of singing leader than most German baritones. I would say that he's more similar in approach to singers like Hermann Prey and Thomas Quasthoff than he is to any of the many, many other German baritones formerly and currently performing art song. He also, for me, harks back to the more extroverted delivery of baritones such as Heinrich Schlussnuss, Gerhard Hüsch, and Heinrich Rehkemper all of whom were featured in a previous episode of Counter Melody. Sometimes Anheuser's approach is a bit heavy-handed for some of the more gentle songs, but he is still capable of a good deal of subtlety as well. His training was rather different than many German baritones. He studied in both Milano and then in Johannesburg, South Africa. So let me tell you a little bit about the songs. Advent advent to a text by Adolf Holst. It's a song in praise of what in Germany is an extremely important time of year. 
The day I'm recording this is Dritta Advent, the third Sunday of Advent, and everyone goes around wishing their friends and colleagues a happy such-and-such, first Advent, second, third, etc. My heart is burning in the light of your stars. Be welcome, blessed Advent. At every hour the door of my heart shall be open to you, Christ child. Come to my heart. In the second song, Weihnachten, set to a text by Albert Ziegel, we are once again made aware of the decrepitude and the poverty in which the Christ child is born. And yet the angels come and rock him to sleep. The third song, Maria, to a text by Christoph Flaskamp, describes the intimate relationship between Mary and her son, who is also the savior of the world. Once again, we encounter that theme of Mary being the bearer of all sorrows as she lifts up her son to the world in sacrifice. The fourth song, In der Krippe, in the crib, is set to a poem of Siegfried von Fegesack. And once again, amidst all of the bustle, the angels, the animals, the shepherds, the three kings even, Mary smiles, heavy-hearted, sensing, though she herself does not yet know why, a bitter, bitter pain. The fifth song is once again devoted to Die Heiligen Drei Könige, the Three Kings. Interestingly, there are two different versions of the text for this song. On his recording, Olaf Beer uses a traditional text used by singers who would perform in costume on Twelfth Night. But on this recording, we hear instead a setting of the more famous poem by Heinrich Heine, Die Heiligen Drei Könige, probably most famous in its setting by Richard Strauss, a version that he also orchestrated. Trunk's musical setting appears to follow more closely the particulars of Heine's text than does the setting of the folk text. The next song, Idyll, is for me the high point of this cycle. It could be describing the flight into Egypt. Mary is lulling her son to sleep beneath a lime tree. Joseph has nodded off and is snoring. Four angels perched together on a branch, singing better than any nightingale. The moon rises and looks down upon the scene. Mary opens her eyes and gazes deep into the silvery light of the night. She scarcely hears the angel's song from above. Her heart is anxious and heavy. A little tear falls onto her hand and gleams in the moonlight like a diamond. That is the setting of a poem by Gustav Falke. The final song, Christbaum, Christmas Tree, is a poem by Ada Christen. And once again, we have that evocation of childhood and the desire, the need, the wish of the adult to return to their own childhood by experiencing Christmas once again through the eyes of a child. This is so poignantly evoked in this song by the repetition of the phrase Deine Kindheit. Here are Richard Trunk's Weihnachtslieder, performed by Berton Wolfgang Anheiser and pianist Julius Severin.
Wo 
Die Jungen und Alten, sie wussten es nicht. Die Könige zogen weiter. Sie folgten einem goldenen Stern, der leuchtete lieblich und heiter. Der Stern blieb stehen über Joses Haus, da sind sie hineingegangen. Das Höchslein blühte, das Kindlein schrie, die heilgen drei Könige sangen.
kaum das Lied von oben her. Ihr Herz ist bang, ihr Herz ist schwer. Ein Tränlein fällt ihr auf die Hand. Und blitzt im Mond wie ein Demand. Hörst auch du die leisen Stimmen aus den bunten Kerzlein dringen? Die vergessenen Gebiete aus den Tannenzweiglein singen. Hörst auch du das schüchtern frohe, helle Kinderlachen klingen? Schaust auch du den stillen Engel mit den reinen weißen Schwingen? Auch du dich selber wieder, fern und fremd, dich wie im Traum. Grüß auch dich mit Märchen auf. I think I mentioned at the beginning that I was planning on playing four song cycles today. The last one, Kleine Weihnachtsgeschichte, Little Christmas Story, by the composer Mark Lothar, is going to have to wait for another Christmas, perhaps, God is willing, next year's. But it's such an interesting cycle that I did want to play two excerpts from it for you today. Lothar, who lived from 1902 to 1985, was another of those composers who had a troublesome association with the Nazi party. And there are so many figures, singers and composers, and of course, conductors, <clears throat> who had shady pasts that somehow were covered over, and Lothar is no exception. This piece was composed after the war in the year 1951, and it was premiered by the bass baritone Hans Hotta. Lothar had evidently been complaining that there were not enough Christmas texts fit for setting as Kunstlieder. So his friend Wilhelm Treichlinger collected a series of folk texts from various regions in Germany and Austria, which he sent to the composer, who then subsequently added 
three songs by two female poets. The cycle is broken up into several different sections. Those sections are Weg nach Bethlehem, The Way to Bethlehem, Hirten und Bauern, Shepherds and Peasants, and Der Stahl, The Stall. These are offset by little aphoristic settings at the beginning and the end of the cycle. What I'm going to play for you today are the two settings by the poet Inge Karsten that appear in the final section, Der Stall. Once again, we return to the theme of the suffering Mary watching over the Christ child. The first poem is Maria in der Nacht. In this eloquent poem, Mary has a direct vision of Gethsemane, the Mount of Olives, the crown of thorns. Then she puts her hand in front of her face and cries out in distress, O darkest night, will it never be light. The child appears completely unaware, but Mary weeps and weeps. The other song that we're going to hear, also a setting of a poem by Inge Karsten, is Morgenröte, Dawn, which takes us to a much more joyful place. The first rays of dawn break over the stall. Hallelujah, it rings from the rafters. She tries to silence the sounds, but the child sleeps blissfully through all the hallelujahs. The singer we hear in this 1979 recording, which is accompanied by the composer himself, is Nikolaus Hillebrandt. Hillebrandt was born in 1948 in the town of Ziegenhals, also known as Guchowasi, which is in Upper Silesia, which has veered between being part of Germany, part of Poland, and part of the Czech Republic. As a child, he was a member of the Regensburger Domspatzen, the world-famous children's choir based in Regensburg. As an adult, he had a very successful career singing opera, oratorio, and lieder. He had fest engagements in both Karlsruhe and the Bayerische Staatsoper in Munich. He also performed at Bayreuth, at the Paris Opera, and at many other venues and was particularly celebrated for his performances of the music of Bach. I like his singing and his voice very much indeed. And this is an absolutely beautiful recording. If you like it, you can find the entire piece on YouTube. Now let us hear those two settings of Inge Carlsen from Marc Lothar's Kleine Weihnachtsgeschichte. Nikolaus Hillebrandt, bass baritone, is accompanied by the composer. Noch ist es mitten in der Nacht, das Jesuskind ist aufgewacht. Er spielt mit seinen Fingerlein in seinem Auge. Ihr Blick 
I hope that this music has helped to bring you closer to the spirit of Christmas, whatever that might entail for all of you.
I've not been so much in the spirit this year. Our world is very troubled, and it's difficult to celebrate in times like this. But I wish you all at least some respite from your worries and perhaps a little bit of the peace that comes with the best Christmases. Because it's Christmas time, I do have a couple gifts for my Patreon supporters. This is what's on tap. I do have two bonus episodes that I am putting out featuring Christmas music. The first is with Petra Schreier singing Baroque Christmas music from Saxony, as well as supplemental selections by both Handel and Bach. In addition to that, I'm offering a further episode featuring German art songs dealing with the theme of Christmas. These are by the composers Max Reger, Engelbert Humperdinck, and Hugo Wolf, and they are performed by Peter Schreier again by way of tribute on the fourth anniversary of his death, as well as by the German baritone Olaf Beer, whom we heard in the final of the Josef Hass Krippenlieder today. For those who want to partake of those bonus episodes, you can find them on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash countermelody. I don't have any new people to welcome this week, but there are a number of you out there who I hope will be listening, and I'll be putting those out at some point in the next couple days. If you too would like to be a Patreon supporter, please go, as I mentioned, to patreon.com slash countermelody, where you too can become a supporter of the podcast. I'm going to be doing some reconfiguring of everything relating to this podcast during the month of January, so that when Season 5 rolls out, there are going to be some changes made around here. As Taffy tells her mother, Dawn Davenport, in John Waters' classic masterpiece of kitsch and trash, Female Trouble, which, by the way, also features a great Christmas scene, probably my favorite Christmas scene of all time. Let us round off this episode once again returning to Irmgard Seyfried, this time in the company of her husband, the violinist Wolfgang Schneiderhan, who was undoubtedly one of the most important post-war German violinists. They're heard with the esteemed conductor Robert Heger leading the orchestra of the Bayerische Staatsoper in an arrangement for violin and orchestra of Max Reger's Maria Wiegenlied, which we heard Ellie Ameling and Dalton Baldwin perform last week. The melody of this song is derived from the popular German Christmas carol, Josef Lieber Josef Mein, which Brahms also used in his beautiful Geistliches Wiegenlied for alto voice, solo, viola, and piano. Seyfried and Schneiderhan had previously recorded this work, but this is a recording that stems from 15 years later, in the year 1970, where Seyfried, only in her early 50s, was already nearing the end of her performing career. But even at this point, she still conjures that old Seyfried magic. I thought this would be a lovely way to round off the episode and to bring it full circle. By the year 1970, Seyfried's career had nearly wound down, even though she was only in her early 50s. But in my evaluation, 
her contribution to the art of leader singing is virtually unmatched. In fact, there's only one other singer that I can compare her to, and that would be the Canadian soprano Lois Marshall, who also possessed this inner glow, this incredible way of personalizing the text and making it sound completely spontaneous. Therein lies their magic. I don't know how these two magnificent singers did it, but I sure am grateful that they did. And with that, I will bid you farewell to the beautiful strains of Marie Wiegenlied. Dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.